Welcome to another episode of A Soap Maker's Tale. I'm your host, Zakia Ringold of LiveSoapSchool.com. And this podcast is for makers and would-be makers alike. Listen in and get inspired with lessons learned building a handmade business. This week, we get to sit down with B. Ayata of Sorcery Soap. If you've been in the soap world for some time, you have heard of Soap Dough. We are very fortunate to have Biyata of Sorcery Soaps and author of five books and counting join us to share her maker's tale and how she got started through a series of fortunate mistakes. In her quest to make really hard soap, she stumbled on her own unique process to create soap dough. Welcome, B. Can you introduce yourself to the listeners? Hi, I'm B. Ayata from Sorcery Soap in Idaho, USA, and I make cold process soap features uh, soap dough, and that's my favorite product. So as the title of the podcast implies, this is all about a maker's tale, and every maker has a getting started story. So could you tell us, how did you get started with your handmade business? I got started uh, because I made a mistake. Uh, I made a couple mistakes and I was striving to make really hard cold process soap and I didn't make hard soap when I made was sort of a mess and I didn't want to waste it because I was on a really tight budget. So I dug it out and I started to play with it and I continued down that path for a really long time. And there was a combination of things that happened. Uh, I wanted to make embellishments for my soaps. And I didn't just want a bar of soap. I wanted something else on there because I needed an outlet to be creative. And I had all these ideas. And after years of practice and formulations and kind of trying to figure this all out on my own because there wasn't anything about what I was calling soap dough. I didn't even know what to call it. Um, I discovered a process that worked in order to create a pliable cold process soap. That was the beginning of it. So what I hear you saying is that ultimate quest, like we all get started and we're like, I'm going to make this particular thing. And what you did actually is very interesting where it didn't necessarily go to what it was that you wanted or what you were after. Instead, you actually unlocked your own process. So how did you know that you were ready to move into the business realm with it? I kind of knew when I launched the first book and I crashed my website. I had a little WordPress website and the first weekend, I didn't think much would happen with this book. And the reason I wrote it was uh, I got a lot of questions that I wanted to be more concise and instead of answering all these questions personally, um, I wanted to point them in a direction. And at first I thought I would just make it a PDF and give it away so that I could help other people. But I launched it and it, we got so much traffic that it crashed the website. <laughs> that was a whole nightmare. Um, 
but my guy is an IT guy, tech guy, and he helped me sort it all out and we got it up and running. And then I realized, well, there's a little bit more call for it than what I thought there would be. And then um, even though I'd written the book, people wanted soap dough. And so I offered a little bit here and there, you know, some bars, some basic color bars and things like that. And then it just kept going and going. And I basically essentially wanted to create a um, service, um, be helpful. So I continued to offer that. And now we have a whole line of hundreds of colors of soap dough. And that's the one strength that came out of all this, not to mention soap stencils and soap stamps and a variety of different things. And I make soaps as examples and show people and teach them on Patreon now. So it sort of grew into this other thing that I didn't even anticipate. And I have five books now. So I wrote more books and I'm thinking of maybe another one soon. So that's kind of how I knew circumstance. You listened and you delivered. Um, based on those questions and what you wanted to share, you wrote a book, um, a beautiful book, I might add. I love the information and the layout within your book. Um, but crashing your site, that's a sure sign that people wanted what you had. Um, that's one challenge. And I know there's a lot of challenges when people are getting started. So what would you say were some of your biggest challenges when you were getting started with your business? One of the biggest challenges was um, people taking my ideas and claiming them as their own. And <clears throat> I thought that is tricky. Everything else could be sorted out by asking some questions or, you know, research. And, but that one was really tricky. And it was also a, a spiritual matter. Um, so the, the thing that came from that was that I turned it around and realized that people are copying my designs because they really like them and they want to create something like I created. So how can I continue to do that and then um, not have tension in my person or anxiety about being copied and not credited for my design? And what I realized I could do is support that person. So I have a group where, you know, I go in there and support other people and encourage them to keep going, whether they mention me or not, even in the group. and. Even if they don't mention me publicly, and I can see that they're either using soap dough that they purchased from me, kind of, I can guess on it because, you know, I see their name, or maybe they just missed, or, you know, that opportunity to connect with me and they forgot to mention where they saw the design first or how they learned or whatever. So now I just decided to incorporate that and not use it as a buffer or a resistance anymore and as an opportunity to reach out to them and um, support and encourage and be helpful even in that capacity. And that was probably the biggest hurdle. And once I got over that, then things seemed to 
sort of smooth out a bit. So uh, the rest of the pricing and, and setting ideas and how to market and all that um, came naturally in that regard. But um, I think that I hear that often in the community, in the soap community, and, and people get their feathers ruffled about that. And I can understand why. I, I really can because it, it feels terrible. But if I could if I could eliminate the story that I tell myself about that and get past that and see that it's possible that they don't even have any ill intention, that they just really like the design and then want to create something with their own hands, similar to what you created. Um, that just helps tremendously. I can really appreciate your perspective on that as well as the paradigm shift you just created for me. You know, they say imitation is the best form of flattery. But to be honest, when it's happening, it doesn't feel very flattering. Um, what you just shared is that every challenge can be turned into an opportunity based on how we look at it, as well as our intention behind it. You you were really coming from a place of service. How can I help people? And um, you also started to discuss some of the resistance can you tell me more about eliminating that resistance? Um, one of the things I did is I moved. That was really helpful. I lived in an environment I didn't want to live in, and that caused daily resistance in my person. Um, that was a big deal because we moved a thousand miles from where we were. And being in a supportive community is so helpful. I mean, just so helpful. So I take that and incorporate it into all things, everything, and try to be that community to people that I don't even know. So I have a Facebook group that I monitor and watch and pay attention to every day. And I have other moderators in there that do the same um, because we want to create an environment an environment where we're supportive to each other, encouraging to each other, no matter where people are along the path of their um, craft process, and that we leave the negativity for the rest of the world to deal with. In our group, I want it to be, and it is, um, encouraging and supportive. And so I think it's so difficult to start some new project or to do something that you're excited by, but then if you take it to others and they have dissent or some other ill intent about that because maybe their life isn't is exactly the way they want it and they put that on the new person, it takes the shine off of it. And so I wanted this little bubble where we could grow strong and strengthen those ideas no matter what they are, and um, and be truly supportive in our hearts. And um, so that probably is one of the biggest challenges for me. Even when in the beginning I started all this, I had a lot of negativity and, and naysayers, and I saw that resistance and um, that it was – <clears throat> seen as, you know, just the process of soap dough 
was seen as skeptical. People were seeing it as they were skeptical and, and I didn't really have any vision for it. All I wanted to do is pursue the idea and see where it would go. So I want to hold that space for other people as well. And I think if we could get over um, that, that in ourselves and then we could be better supportive in our communities at large. So, yeah, newbies and experienced um, makers need that kind of space for sure. I remember when I first got started, I had posted in a group that I was considering um, starting a soap business. I even have a YouTube video that was really popular on the first thing to do when you are starting a soap business is to not post it in a Facebook group because some of them can be brutal. So creating a space like that is really, really appreciated um, from a seasoned soap maker. But I, I'm sure for new people, what keeps you excited to keep going in what you're doing? Um, what makes me excited to keep going and uh, motivates me? Uh, good people. I know it's sort of seemingly cheesy, but it really is. Uh, just to have a little snippet of a conversation or uh, also to engage with others that are just as excited about new ideas as I am. I'm always creating new ideas and new concepts. And I just posted the other day, yesterday, I put up a little angel on, um, made a soap dough on a bar of soap that I'd stamped with a candle and um, some cranberries and a little bit of mistletoe on there. And it was a new stamp I made. And so I put that on there and I didn't really think much about it. And I was, I really liked the stamp. And then I started to look at that and realized I've always wanted to put an angel on a soap, but I couldn't come up with the idea that I really, really liked that, you know, that got me excited. And it just was right there in my mind. So easy. So I made that and I was very tickled and I sat for hours just working on these soaps because I was very excited by it. So new ideas, I think, and I get excited to share it with the soap community. As soon as I have a new idea and I flesh it out and I figure it all out, that that moment, that being in that space, like all time disappears. I could work for hours. It, I just, I'll answer all the questions. It doesn't matter. Like that's the level of excitement that I love. And now I can't live in that space, although ideas do come like pretty rapidly. And that was part of the first book I wrote, an enchanted book of peculiar ideas and soap potions. Um, I wanted to share how I get ideas. I wanted to share not just soap dough, but because soap dough is just a launching pad for new ideas. It's just, there's no molds. You could just mold anything with your hands. You could, you know, any idea you have, you could put on soap with soap dough. And so, um, I, that's like, there's so many avenues in order to be in that space on a regular basis. And I'd say 80% of the time I'm in that creative space. I'm always looking for ideas or um, writing notes or preparing for the next thing. And I go through highs and lows, not really high or really low lows, but sort of this sine wave of creativity where I'm, you know, maybe labeling soaps and packaging soaps, which isn't my favorite task to do. But then there's other times where I'm in, 
in a little bit more intense creativity where I have lots of little notes and I'm, oh, I want to try this fragrance oil or try that, you know, color combination or do that. And then like I posted yesterday, one thing leads to another. I, I couldn't have, so I made this soap last year that I called Witch Splat. So I made a little witch because, you know, I call the people that I associate with soap witches because it all is sort of sorcery. You know, how did we make all this? Oh, I don't know. It's sorcery. So, um, but, uh, so I made this little witch and I put her like she missed her mark and she splatted on the side of the soap bar and then her brooms on top. And I loved that idea and it was really fun. And I made a handful of them and then I started to revisit them this year. And that's how I, paying attention to that and thinking about that whole process is how I came up with the angel idea. And, you know, that was supportive of the candle and Christmas and all that sort of thing. And so you just never know where one idea is going to lead to the other. And um, so those things motivate me. And the other thing that motivates me is when I see people using our products, uh, stamps, or and they get tickled with it, you know, and they came up with something really cool, or they put a new color combination or something and they post in the group, that's very exciting too. Um, those are huge motivations. Or uh, lately I connected with a new fragrance oil company and they're young and vibrant and, and excited about life and still really um, enthusiastic about their work. And and um, I I don't really meet too many people my age, I'm pretty old, but you know, that are still young, uh, young in heart, you know, enthusiastic about their work. And it's almost like there's a peak that gets reached in that people get tired of what they're doing. And I'm not there yet. You know, it's only been about eight or nine years. <laughs> I'm still very enthused by all of it and, and invigorated by it. So when I met this new soap company or a fragrance oil company, and I could, you know, they have a group and I'm in there listening to them and um, posting, they're posting new ideas and, and new encouragement and motivation and all this sort of, uh, it seems like uh, the energy of champagne, all the bubbles and excitement and everything, you know, but it's not vapid. It's not, it, it's very grounded and the, there's a lot of continuity to it and a lot of continuous behavior of it. And you know, we all go through those lower points where it's just life feels a little bit flat. So then how do you dredge up? Nobody's going to give that to you, right? So how do you pull up from that? How do I make it? How do I make myself excited? Um, the other thing that I really love is color. And so my guy, Jacob, he, uh, he has a good eye for color, really good eye. And so he sources different colorants for our soap dough and he brought up uh, this new color we together named pixie teal blue and it's so wonderful like I just want to use it in everything and I could just use one color and color all my soaps this one particular color or you know tulip yellow like those things are very exciting so I can find a little, it doesn't even, it, they're like, I call them these little golden stepping stones. So, you know, the water is going to keep flowing. All I have to do is find that one next stone, that one solid piece to land on. So it could be in it. And it's not like 
this big mountain. It's just this one little idea. So a color I could stand on and go, oh, that's cool. Or I could stand on a new fragrance oil and build around that. So it doesn't have to be this really big idea. Or, you know, I'll go through periods where I like ravens and I want to put ravens on things and I practice with those and think about those or whatever. But so it doesn't have to be such a big thing. Um, My motivation comes in these little small moments. And again, to circle back around, I wrote about that. How do you get inspired and stay inspired in my first book? So it is a it's a life process, I think. You hit on so much there. from the creative process and what you summed it up as a life process. It's so much more than, oh, I have this idea, now I'm creative. Anything can be an inspiration. You also discussed the concept or the the thought process of one idea can always lead to another idea. And guys, if you have not checked out B's book, I will leave a link to it in the show notes. Definitely, definitely. Aside from the creative process that she's describing, it's really getting down to how do you unlock those new ideas and then also keep yourself encouraged. So I'm I'm really appreciative of you sharing that. So business can have some challenges, but they also have those great things that you look forward to when you wake up in the morning or when you go to a vending event or you're you're building your online business or your brick and mortar. So what is one of your best experiences as a business owner, whether that be just you personally or in interacting with your customer? So my best experience, um, I don't know, it's a couple of them, but I'll, I'll summarize it. Probably the best experience was we went to uh, a Pinterest conference a couple years ago. And uh, Jay had just quit his other job to start working with me. And he didn't know anything about Pinterest, really. And um, so we went to the conference, we're standing in line, and there's this long snake line, all these women, like there was maybe one other guy there. And so he's looking at me, couldn't understand what was going on, couldn't grasp like what we were doing. So I had to keep re-explaining. And I said, lots of hobbyists and crafters come. And, you know, and I tried to explain Pinterest to him and all this stuff. And anyway, so it was a big deal. I mean, there's a lot of vendors and it was interiors at Westworld and Phoenix. And anyway, we get inside and we're walking around and it's not just soapers. It's, you know, crafters. And we're walking around and, and, you know, part of the day is me exploring other ideas and, and then, you know, seeing other soap makers and maybe supporting them, but also, you know, hoping he has a decent time, you know, because anyway, I don't want him to be bored. And we get to one of the booths and I said, oh, look, there's some soap. And we walk up and I'm just sort of looking at the booth and observing it and, and you know, smelling soaps and whatnot. And the woman that was manning the booth, she comes up and she recognized him from YouTube. And I just thought that was the coolest thing because he just started doing videos, you know, a handful of them. And we basically did fragrance oil reviews. And I, the look on his face was so priceless. And then anyway, we met her and 
we became friends. We're still friends on Instagram and it was just so much fun. And she was just super delighted to, cause she, I could see the, the recognition on her face when she looked at him and then she looked at me and she recognized me and we just, we had a really nice chat. So that was probably one of the best experiences. And, and, and that just happened too here where we moved into a really small community. And I was super surprised by that. So um, yeah, that's pretty fun. Oh, that's really good. Yeah. No matter how big we think the world is, um, the internet has surely made it much, much smaller. So that little piece of recognition or, or just have sparking up friendships with people is really cool. Okay. I'm going to be cheesy here. Um, since you are the creator of Sorcery Soup, um, if you had a crystal ball and it gave you the opportunity to say, if I only knew then what I know now, this is what it would tell me for either a new person or an experienced person. Let your hindsight be their foresight. What would it be? Well, um, my advice to myself, I'll put it that way. One of the things that happened when I first started, so I was an esthetician before I did this, and this is one of the reasons why I got in to soap making, handmade soap. And uh, I explore that in some blog posts and talk about that a little bit more extensively. But to summarize it, um, I was disenchanted by that world. And so I wanted to bring it into some like reality, some real world things. And I started to share with some people in my life who I had called friends at the time what I was up to. And one of the things somebody said um, when I decided to put up an Instagram channel, she said, well, who's going to follow soap on Instagram? And that hurt. And I didn't say anything. I said, well, I don't know. I guess it doesn't matter because I'm interested in it. And I didn't even really know anything about Instagram, you know, so I didn't know there were so many soap makers out there. I just saw that that's what I wanted to do. So <clears throat> my best advice to myself was to get grounded, would be, is to get grounded in what I see to be true for myself and stay on that path. What tickles me, what delights me, those are the things I want to share. Um, I can't assume what other people think. I don't, I shouldn't follow, don't follow what social media is doing. Definitely don't listen to the masses. Um, but, and don't try to appeal to everyone because you're not going to be for everyone. You're just going to be for you. The other thing that people, uh, I got a lot of negative things about when I wanted to call it sorcery soap. And I just thought, you know, like Harry Potter, and I thought it was funny. And, I, and you know, the first time I made soap, I was like, what is this sorcery? You know, you take disparaging ingredients, put them together, and magic soap. I thought, oh, my gosh, this is so fun. And I wanted to share that fun and that excitement. And although I've stayed with that line, I think in hindsight, I would want to have strengthened that a bit more so that it, I wasn't always on that edge of feeling a little bit beat up by the world instead of feeling a little bit more confident and saying, I have a good heart. I, I know what I'm about, but see, even 10 years ago, I didn't know as much about what I'm about as I do now. So, um, I'm trying to cause more good than harm in the world. So 
people can say what they want to say about me and I know what I'm about. So I guess that's what I would say. Um, figure out what you're about because that's most important and um, stay with the idea of causing more good than harm in the world. B, you just said something that was paramount. What do you see to be true for you? And make sure that we satisfy us first and stay grounded in that. Because the world can be cruel, but the world can also be amazing. But if we're grounded, then it doesn't, we're not as impacted by the things that are happening externally, because internally we're working for something that we see to be true. And uh, you are absolutely right. Soap making is sorcery. And I'm so glad that you stayed the course. So that's all the questions that I had, but I always like to leave room for maybe something that I didn't ask, something that you would like to share. Is there anything else in terms of starting or growing a handmade business or unlocking creativity that you'd like to share? I will say this, that new ideas are often met with lots of resistance. And if you know what you're about and you have a new idea, find other people that can help support that idea. I think ideas are like this. Um, there's a wives tale that says you shouldn't tell anyone you're pregnant for the first three months because that baby is just beginning to form and is very volatile. And there's other parts of that idea that says the soul hasn't decided whether it wants to be here yet or not. So it's your job as the doorway between this realm and that realm to protect it. And that's one of the ways that the wife's tale sort of supports is saying you want to protect the idea. So I think of new ideas as little babies and that my job is to protect them. And so sometimes when I get a new idea, I don't tell anybody, but I let it formulate within myself and hold that and don't put a lot of words to it. I don't want to bring it to fruition too quickly. So I... I comfort it and hold it and nurture it and then start to gradually bring it out to the world. And, and not when I do that, I don't wait for what other people think because whether I make the first judgment of whether I like the idea or I don't like the idea, because it takes a lot of work to bring an idea forward. Uh, for example, when I wrote my first book, I wrote it in a, in a few months, but it's over the years it's been cultivated and rewritten and rewritten. And that took a huge amount of work over the course of many years. It took just a lot of concepts, and a lot of work, a lot of quiet time and diligence and focus. And so, and dedication on my part. And so I'm the only one that can say whether I'm dedicated to a new idea or not, regardless of what everybody else thinks. And um, so I guess that's the last piece of advice or suggestion I would, I would encourage. If you have a new idea, get grounded in it in yourself and say, do I really like this idea? Do I really like it? And then if you do, treat it like it's precious and treat it like it's valuable because if 
I see value in it, then it doesn't matter if other people see value in it because I'm going to continue to use that idea and continue to pursue that idea with um, enthusiasm and sincere dedication to it. And that's what it takes in order to manifest an idea from the unseen to the seen. And um, that is takes a certain type of person to be able to bring it through all those levels so that it can be shared with other people. So that's probably the last bit of information I have. I really appreciate you taking the time to complete this podcast interview. Now, how can people find you? What's your website? What's your socials? Are there any local places that you are? Um, Please let us know. I can be found on my website, sorcerysoaps.com or Sorcery Soap Instagram channel, uh, Facebook, definitely, a variety of different ways in Facebook. So we have a group called Sorcery Creations, and I have YouTube channel, I have Odyssey channel, and email, sorcerysoap at gmail.com. So there you go. Well, that's it for this week's episode of A Maker's Tale. I am truly grateful that B gave us some time to share with us her maker's tale in Sorcery Soaps and how she sees creativity and how she was able to overcome some of that resistance that she felt early on with just some paradigm shifts and staying true to herself. Now, be sure to visit the website to access the show notes where I will have links to her blog as well as her Facebook group, her YouTube channel. And I'm really encouraging you, even if you are interested in making soap dough or not, to check out her book, An Enchanted Book of Peculiar Ideas in Soap Potions. I'm going to read you just a line from the introduction. It said, soap molding and the secrets in this book are a new view on an old process combined with a little magical realism and a whole bunch of imagination to offer you a fresh perspective on your craft. Thanks again, B, for joining us. I'm your host, Zakia Ringold of LiveSoapSchool.com, encouraging you to go out and create something amazing. Thanks for listening.